are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Rock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Cubs? Can I count on you? Yes. Cubs? What is it, Jerry? All I want is thanks to you. Talks to slaves. That covers 
everyone who could possibly be in the church. He talks to everyone and gives them something they think they should shoot for. And in the end, really, all believers fall into the slave category. When you begin to read the Bible as it is, all the way through Scripture, we find that we are called to be slaves to God. Romans 1.1, 2 Peter 1.1, uh, James 1.1, they all call themselves slaves to God. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, 22 and 23, it says, For he who was called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called as a freedman is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves to men. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. We're all slaves, bought, paid for. Our lives and our freedom are not our own. They're gifts. They're on loan. They're given to us by somebody who owns us and tells us what to do. We belong to Jesus. We're not helpers of Jesus. We belong to Jesus. If we know Jesus, we are His. In that context, this life of a slave, Paul makes this statement there in Colossians 3.23, where he says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. And as we read that, there are some things that stand out. The first is that whatever you do means anything and everything you might attempt. Whatever has been... Uh, perverted by our current culture. Today it means I don't care. It means I think you're stupid. It means a hundred other things. Uh, Merriam-Webster says this anything or everything a statement can pertain to. It also means no matter what. One of the biggest thoughts Carrie and I ever got into was due to this work. Whatever. There is a uh, generation gap between Carrie and I. We're only six years apart. But I am Gen X, and she is a millennial. And, you know, there is, there is a world of difference in that sometimes. Uh, and the fight ended up being a big fight because she uh, didn't tell me why she was mad. She was just mad. And she would always be mad. And I couldn't figure out why she was mad. It was, you know, it, it just dragged on for years. For years, she would get mad, and I didn't know why. I never understood, because she would say, well, what do you want to eat? Whatever. What do you want to watch? Whatever. Mundane questions of life, right? Little things that, in the grand scheme of things, didn't matter. And so, I really didn't have an opinion. I really didn't care what we watched. I didn't care what we ate. I didn't, I didn't care... Uh, and, and I would just say whatever. In my mind, I literally meant whatever. I literally meant I would eat anything or everything that she wanted to make. I would watch whatever it was she wanted to watch. I had no problem doing that. But that's not what Carrie heard when I would say whatever. Carrie didn't hear, yes, dear. She didn't hear, if you want to do it, I want it. That's not what she heard. Carrie's from the, I'm not, I'm, there's a movie called, this is a movie. Carrie's from the Clueless Generation. <laughs> and if you remember that whole movie, you had whatever, <laughs> as if. That's what Carrie heard. When she would ask, what do you want to eat? And I would say, whatever. She didn't hear whatever you want, dear. She heard whatever. For years, she would get mad, and I'm going, I don't understand why you're mad. And finally, one day, 
She said, well, why don't you care about anything that I need you to care about? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You just, you just, you just don't care. You don't care what I think. And I'm like, what? what? She says, because all you ever say is whatever. And I'm like, but, but whatever means whatever you want it to. I don't understand how that means. No, that's not what whatever means. Huh? She said, you know how it means whatever. And I was like, no, I didn't say that. So... I think it's important for us to define whatever, to know what whatever means here in this context, because what Paul means is what we need to take away from this. And so a choppy reading of this verse really says, that which you do or make. Just six verses earlier, the same phrase, whatever, is translated all or everything that everyone or someone could perhaps do or make if it is done in word or work in deed. So, anything and everything you might attempt. That is what whatever means. When Paul says whatever you do, it means anything that you try, everything that you do, anything that you could possibly do as a wife, as a husband, as a child, as a father, as a slave, whether it's doing the dishes, doing your homework, doing your job, doing housework, sports, doing church work, doing missions work, whatever it is, do it enthusiastically. Whatever. Everything. If you choose to do it, you need to do it in this way. And so when he says whatever, he means anything and everything that you might attempt. Anything that you come involved in. Anything that happens. Everything we work at falls under that category. <coughs> and he says... Do it enthusiastically. All your heart is what other translations say. All your heart means to do it enthusiastically without grumbling. Because uh, 
our kids spill things, and they get car sick. I did not know when I bought it that there were coolers in the floorboards of the back seat. And so for, for months, Charlotte was going, it stinks back here, Dad. That's why I'm getting sick. It stinks. And so finally I found them. I was like, oh, okay. So I walked it out and thought it was good. Those coolers had inserts. And so everything had fallen down underneath it. And so it was the nastiest stuff. But we had to get it done. You couldn't just leave it there. You had to do it. Sometimes we're called to do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we have to do something that now we might not want to do. This might not be the choice that we have to make. But God says to do it enthusiastically. As if you chose to do it. Do it with a smile on your face. Do it, do it like this is something that you have been wanting to do and you've been waiting for this moment and here it is. Do it enthusiastically from the soul. Work as if this task is where you find fulfillment. Huh. Most of us don't like to clean the cat litter box. Most of us probably don't find our fulfillment in doing that job. But, Paul says, work at it as if that's where you find your fulfillment. Work at it in that way. Work at it as if the work isn't a burden. Because no matter who you're working for, work as if you're working for God. Hmm. No matter who you're working for, work as if you're working for God. Do we exemplify that thought as a church? That no matter who we're working for, no matter what we're doing, we're doing it as we as we would for God. Because I would agree, I think we would all agree that we would work differently if we knew what we were doing was something God asked us to do. Right? If, if God you know let you a note on your mirror that said, I need you to do this task this morning, and he signed it, God, you would probably do that a whole lot differently than if you were told by somebody else, I really need you to get this done. But we have to work in such a way that no matter what we're doing, we act as if we're doing it for God. So it doesn't matter what our boss is acting like. It doesn't matter what our fellow employees are, are acting like. It doesn't matter what the people around us are acting like. One of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest arguments in our house is, you know, why doesn't he have to do that? Why doesn't she have to do that? Well, because it doesn't matter. See, Jesus dealt with that in the 21st chapter of John along the beach and he restores Peter and he tells him to feed his sheep feed his lambs, gives him this work to do and he looks over at the disciple whom Jesus loved and he said well what about him? And he said that's none of your business you do what I told you to do we can't spend our time worrying about what other people's work is we can't spend our time worrying about all of those things, we have to work as if we're working for God Slaves must have to do jobs they don't want to do. How do we approach jobs like that? As individuals, as a church? Do we leave it all on the field? Do we try as hard as we can? Do we even realize the work we do is especially work for God? Put another way, 
is what our church does what you would want Jesus to find if he came and stayed here for a month. If Jesus visited us for a month, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, anything else we do, is what we're doing what we would want Jesus to see? Man, that's a tough question. And I know it's, it's easy to say and it's hard to do, but he gives a reason why. Work as if working for the Lord and not for men because you will be rewarded. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. Serve the Lord Christ. He serves Jesus. Knowing that there's a reward coming. We may not get the reward here. There are lots of thankless jobs we take part in in this world. There are lots of things that we have to do that we don't want to do that we wish somebody would say, great job. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're bad at saying great job. Sometimes we don't tell those people great job, even though we need to. But we should work, even if we're not hearing those words, knowing that we'll get the reward from God. That God has the reward waiting for us. And that even though we might not, we might not feel it or understand it here, when we get there, everything will be clear. So we're going to get our lead back. So I can cheer if you want to. <laughs> Maybe this morning. You've been dealing with stuff. There's just been stuff. No matter what it is. Personal stuff. Work stuff. Church stuff. There's just stuff. And it's so hard because it feels like everything's closing in. Well, now's the time to take Paul's words and say, okay, whatever I do, whatever I do, I need to work at it with everything I have. Because when I work, I'm working for God. Because when I work, I'm working for the Lord. And I'm giving the Lord His glory by doing the things He wants me to do. Maybe this morning, we need to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to turn into missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church of membership. Maybe this morning you have some need out that God brought up. Maybe there's something that's just been just gnawing at you that you, that you need to, to, to make known, that you need to take care of. Walk the aisle. But if you don't know Jesus, if you've never known, if you've never taken a step to become His, Now's the time. You walk the opposite. Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and we'll go from there. But whatever you're at, whatever you do, give it to him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings.